The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. I want to pop across, pop across like it was heading to McCurtain Street. I want to pop across to Tasmania, of all places. Or Tassie, as I think the locals call it. Tasmania. To talk to Esther Campion uh, from Cork, uh, who's just published, is it your third book, Esther? Good morning, or good evening as it is now in Tassie. Yeah, well, you're good morning. I mean, we're all a bit bait after the, you know, we're kind of finished our Thursday now, like, and you're only getting into it at home. But yes, my third novel came out last year, um, my three published novels, and I am super grateful to be on here with you, PJ. I think my cousin sort of, you know, dobbed me in that I was after producing novels when they got wind that I think Barnes and Noble in America have them now and it was just lovely Mick Moriarty in um, Blackpool the Baldy Barber people might know him as you probably know him a lot better than me PJ but fair play to him Um, do you know he got in touch with you and I'm absolutely delighted with the opportunity to be talking to you this morning and all your books of course they're on Amazon you get them for the Kindle and this is the type of year the the time of year Esther that a lot of people are selecting the books that they'll bring on their holidays so but but first of all from Cork to Tasmania how did that come about? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, it was a bit of a circuitous route. I tell you, it wasn't straightforward. Um, I, my husband is from the Orkney Islands and I met him in um, UCC. I think I know you from UCC. Were you in the Philosophical Society oh a long God, time ago? I was, I was, I was. Well, I can I can remember you as a 17-year-old girl fresh out of Farnery, North Present Farnery, and standing in the line with, you know, my knees knocking for registration in the quad in UCC and going into the Ola Max for the registration. And you were one of the lads, like this long before Harry Potter, and you were all in your black gowns, you know, <laughs> cavorting around the place, handing out leaflets or something. You're bringing, I, ba- you're bringing <laughs> back memories best not spoken. <laughs> Well, that's my kind of lasting memory of you, PJ, I'll tell you. But look, um, yeah, and I met him in UCC. He was doing a master's in aquaculture. And then his career took us to, well, Dublin, of all places, for a year. And then we went on to Fort William in Scotland for about seven and a half, then Norway for three and a half, then to South Australia for five. And then we ended up in Tassie in about 2013. And we've been here since. It's a lovely place of the world and chat about that in a minute but how did the writing start well look I'll tell you exactly how the writing started I had no notion of writing like but I think I was a bit well obviously we were a bit lonesome like (laughs) traveling these places with three kids and the whole lot and when I got to I remember being in Norway and trying out a correspondence course in writing and hating it because of course there was no cup of tea, no chat like the whole after it was very boring altogether. But then when I came to Australia, I got that kind of oh Jesus no, like you know, the old oogness and um I said, I have to do something for myself now. You know, once the kids were settled in school and I was looking for jobs to no avail and um well, my small fellow was only in his, what they call the kindy year here, and that's only a couple of hours, so I couldn't really work anyway. So I said, right, I'm going to find a creative writing course um, here. And at that time, of course, I thought that writing, you had to be kind of qualified and, you know, do courses and all this sort of stuff, which isn't true for anyone listening. But um, 
I there wasn't any in the the area because I was about where we were in a place called Port Lincoln. It's probably best known for tuna farming and tuna okay. fishing, okay. and they um they had no creative writing course. But I looked up a crowd, a writing group, and they were very nice to me on the phone. And I f- I kind of felt very intimidated. They were writing novels and everything, and I. But I didn't want to be rude. So I said, I'll go along to one of your meetings. Like. And I went along and I'd written an email to people, a few people. I'd sent it to um, about kind of, you know, the couple of days, the transition between Norway, minus nine degrees to um, January in Port Lincoln, 36 degrees. And we were all, we all had that 24 hour bug and we were sick and the whole lot. And I sent this email to, and one person I sent the email well, a few people said it made them laugh and it made them cry. And I remember thinking, God, I'd love to be able to do that through writing. Yeah, yeah. And that's what kind of set me on the path to looking for people. But I had, they said, can you bring something you've written? And that was the only thing I had. And I brought it along and I was among a crowd of published poets, short story writers, award winners, you know, this kind of thing. People well on their way to writing novels and they just said, I read that, I was the last shake to my shoes, and they just said, look, you you can stay with us, you're fine. Well, and I, honest to God, I say this to people, but I thought I'd be making the tea. <laughs> they were very nice to me. And I just took, like, they'd be writing poetry one session, and I'd have a go at writing a poem. And I just did everything they, they asked me to do, like. But they used to go on these retreats, PJ, writing retreats, which yeah. all sounds a bit idyllic. Tell you what it is, but you had to be writing a novel. And my husband said to me, "Look, you can't go away for a week. You know, leave us all. Like, obviously, three kids. But look, why don't you go for a couple of nights over the weekend and, you know, flip and write something?" <laughs> so I started writing, and the novel that I sub, you know, had subsequently wrote, you know, on the strength of the retreat and the encouragement of the group hasn't been published, but it got me into the the way of it, like, and brilliant. I probably learned the craft. Well, so that's brilliant. how I got into it. And three books, and, like, you've gone from that now to being thinking you were going to be in a writer's group making the tea into having your books in Barnes & Noble, probably the most famous bookstore chain in the whole wild world ever. And and it, <laughs> it, 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 they're, they're set in West Cork. They are. They are, PJ, which is, um, and I hope the people in West Cork don't mind, but <laughs> I had a lovely friend in, in UCC. I don't know if you would remember Janet O'Flynn, but anyway, her family had a caravan and I was in about second or third year and she invited me down there for the weekend. They were going down there for years. They had this big mobile home, big 10 birth thing. And there was five kids, like, so it was Bedlam. There's only myself and my sister, like, in my family. And it was Bedlam in the caravan. And I remember thinking it was great, crack all together. like. And then when myself and Mike got together and we had Roisin, the parents had, um, we were still in Cork at that stage. And Janet's parents, the O'Flynn's there from Bishopstown, they had renovated a house in the village, like in Rock Street behind O'Sullivan's bar, you'll know it. And um, they offered us the the caravan for our first family holiday like you know with, with our baby and it was beautiful and we had a couple of weeks down there and when I came to writing my second novel I I just it just came back to me and I knew that I mean 
we've got so many gorgeous places in Ireland. I, you know, we used to spend our summers in Crossave and I have cousins down there. Yeah. Um, still, you know, lovely Myrtleville, all these gorgeous places, but Crookhaven kind of stuck ah, in, in my head. Small, and I small just, corner yeah. of heaven is Crookhaven. Small corner of heaven. Isn't it? I know. I know. So, yeah, I did. And, and the first, the, those three books, they all... They're, they all have a setting down there. So, How do you feel, And like coming back to the creative writing course and thinking you were going to make the tea and all that, when people now say, they read either, say, Leaving Ocean Road or The House of Second Chances or A Week to Remember, they read one of those books and they say, you know what, this is a bit like Maeve Binchy. How do you feel when the people say, compare you to a, a giant like Maeve Binchy? Well, look, PJ, <laughs> I feel like a very small fish in a big pond. But look, to be compared to me, Binchy is both, um, you know, it's a huge privilege. Uh, it's a bit terrifying, to be quite honest. <laughs> um, I was a lover of Maeve Binchy books, um, as was my mother. And I mean, she was a larger than life figure. I remember Light Penny Candle came out <sighs> in 1982 and I can still see it next to my mother's bed, you know, not, this not kind many, of thing. So not many in, men will say this. Esther, but Maeve Binchy is one of the most extraordinary writers I have ever had the privilege of reading. And it's not many men say that. Incredible storyteller. Yes, absolutely incredible. Um, and look, I, I'm sure, you know, I don't hold a candle for like, there'll never be another Maeve Binchy, I'll guarantee you that. But it's an absolute honour to be even in that genre, yeah. <laughs> if you well, call it, you know what I mean? What it has prompted me to do is pop a couple of the books onto the Kindle and I look forward to it, Esther. I look forward to getting stuck into them. What's what's next for you? Thanks a million. Well, I've just got the the first draft of my next novel back from my publisher, Hachette Australia. Oh, yeah. And they so the next thing now is the rewriting of it. So they they give it to an editor and they do a bit of a number on it. Tell you, they give you about a paragraph of all the things they love about it and that you're a lovely writer and all that. And then they give you about 10 pages of what they want to see. I love you. So, you're perfect. So. No change. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, that's what's ahead of me now. But hopefully that one will come out sometime right. next year. All right. Well, listen, great to talk to you. Um, you're bringing back memories of the Philosoph that are long since better buried. But however, great, <laughs> great, great to talk to you. And uh, hello to our good friend, the Baldy Barber, who we all know really well. And your sister is a principal in the Lady of Lords in Ballinlock. She is. She is, yeah. And she's probably listening to me, but she's a great support altogether. Like she was texting me saying, Oh, you'll be great, Esther. And I'm like nervous, Rick, you know. Right. Well, listen. <laughs> so, it's, yeah. It's great to, it's great to, chat, to chat to you. And uh, good luck with everything that you do. And take care. Thank you. Thank you so much, PJ. Thank cheers, you. Cheers. Esther Campion from Cork, uh, joining us from Tasmania. Her novels, uh, my good pal, uh, John Breen in Waterstones, I'm sure will help you to get, or Easton's or any one of the other books around town, bookshops around town. The library, I think, may have them. Her books are called Leaving Ocean Road, The House of Second Chances, and A Week to Remember. And because of the comparison with me, Binchy, I'm definitely going to pop them on the Kindle and take them off on my holidays because it sounds like great writing. Esther Campion from Cork. Good to chat to her on the opinion line. Courts 96 FM.